Welcome to the First Player Token Podcast, a short podcast for folks who enjoy playing board games with family and friends. I'm your host, Derek Bruff. In this episode, I try out a new format by giving very brief reviews of 10 games I played at our local board game convention, Tennessee Game Days, earlier this fall. Tennessee Game Days is an event held each spring and fall here in Nashville, Tennessee, where people come from around the state and the region to spend a few days in hotel convention rooms playing all kinds of board games with friends and with strangers. There's a library of hundreds of board games you can check out and play. Well, you can't check out hundreds. You can check out one or two at a time. Along with a play-to-win room where each time you play a game, you earn a ticket to try to win that game and a raffle and a distributed flea market where you can browse the tables around the edges of the ballroom and find all kinds of used games for sale. There are flags you can set up on your table that say Players Wanted, if you have a game you'd like to try but need some new friends to play it with, and flags that say Teacher Wanted, if you'd like to find someone to teach you the game you've checked out from the library. I've been going to Tennessee Game Days, or TGD as it's known, for years now, I've mostly attended their bigger spring events, but I was able to make time for the three-day fall event this past September. My time at TGD was spent in two different ways. One was playing games with my adult friends that we can't find the time to play any other way. And the second was bringing my family to the event and letting the kids and their cousins pick games to check out of the game library to learn and play. I have some all-time favorite games like Isle of Sky and Splendor that I first played at TGD, and I really love that my kids get so excited when I get to take them. Whether it's the spring or fall TGD, the weekend usually results in more game plays than any other week of the year, except maybe Thanksgiving. I thought it would be fun to offer some very short reviews of 10 games I played at TGD this year to give you a sense of what my family and friends and I are playing these days. In first player token style, I'll be concise in these reviews, and I'll start with some of the lighter games I played with the kids and end with the heavier games I got to the table with my friends. First on the list is Point Salad, a 2019 game from AEG. This is a light card game for two to six players. Each card has a vegetable on one side and some way to score points based on your vegetable collection on the other. There's a constantly changing market of cards to draft into your collection, and you're always choosing whether to add a card for its vegetable side or its scoring condition side. I had heard good things about Point Salad for a while now, and when the nine-year-old picked it up as one of the games she was considering checking out of the library, I affirmed her choice. It turned out to be a good one. She loved it, and we played it twice that weekend. And after TGD, when I asked her if there was a game we played that she would like me to buy, this was one of her two picks. Second on the list is Dandelions, a 2022 game by All Play. This was the nine-year-old's other pick. Uh, this is another light, quick game. It's all about dandelion seeds blowing in the wind. Comes in a small box with some charming tokens and dice. It's easy to learn, but surprisingly thinky. It's easily one of the best roll and moves I've ever played. So in contrast to a game like Monopoly, where you roll the die and then move your piece in this game, at the start of the game, you roll a whole bunch of dice. And then each turn, you will select one of your rolled dice and move your marker that many spaces around the board. Wherever your marker lands, you leave your die there. At the end of the game, each die is worth some number of points depending on its section of the board, and whoever has the most dice in each section gets some bonus points for having majority there. I ended up getting point salad after TGD, 
for the kids, mainly because it plays up to six players, which is super helpful for game nights and cousin time. But Dandelions from All Play is on my short list to buy now, too. It's a really great game. Third on the list is Challengers, a 2022 game from Z-Man Games. This is the hotness and the 2023 game of the year in Germany. Challengers is a capture the flag, deck building, auto battler tournament game with a colorful cast of cartoon characters. It is a little hard to describe, but it is definitely fun to play. Uh, I played a Challengers twice at TGD, uh, once with my adult friends and once with a mix of kids and adults. Teaching four kids to play this game while playing the game myself was quite the experience, but everyone had a good time. And I totally get why folks rave about this game. It's light and breezy and fun, with just enough strategy to make it interesting. And there's something about the auto-battler where you end up rooting for your own deck, but you don't feel badly when the cards come out in the wrong order and you lose. It's a bit like the old game War, where you have a deck of cards and you just play them and see what happens. Um, the strategy comes in between the bouts where you are adding new cards to that deck to make it more powerful. Anyway, I would never turn down a play of Challengers. It's a fantastic game. And it handles up to eight players. Fourth on the list is NAR. That is spelled K-N-A-R-R. It's a 2023 game from Bombix. It's a game about Vikings, which is always a good theme for me. Each player has a ship. That would be the NAR in the title. And you spend your turns recruiting crew members and using those crew to explore and claim territories. It's uh, actually a lot like the game Splendor, but it has a few extra twists that make it um, pretty interesting for someone who's played Splendor a lot of times. I had tried NAR and liked it when I played it on Board Game Arena, the website where you can play board games digitally. And I managed to get a physical copy before it was available in the U.S. by ordering from a Canadian retailer. Uh, it's totally worth the extra shipping. My copy came in just in time for the last day of TGD. The production is beautiful with fantastic art, especially on the crew cards. My friends Jeff and David and I had just over an hour to play before we were wrapping up our time at TGD. We were all a bit worn out from all the games all weekend, and so something lighter like NAR was perfect. We liked it so much we played it again right away. Uh, this is a game I'm very glad to have in my collection and excited to get it to a game night again soon. Fifth on the list is The Fox in the Forest, a 2017 game from Renegade Games. This is a two-player trick-taking game, like hearts or spades. If you've played those classic trick-taking games, it may sound weird to think of a two-player version, but that is a growing genre of games, actually. Emily and I have been exploring it lately because she grew up playing hearts, and these games come very naturally to her. I had heard good things about The Fox in the Forest, so we tried it out at TGD. It wasn't our favorite, however. Um, there are a number of cards that grant special actions when you play them, which is kind of how the game works at two players. If it was just straight trick-taking, it, it wouldn't really function with two. But it ended up not really feeling like a trick-taking game, more of a modern card game. It's a very pretty game, and I like how the scoring system motivates you to go high or go low with the number of tricks you win. But I think we'll stick with another two-player trick-taker we've been enjoying lately called Jekyll and Hyde, which was a recommendation from the Family Gamers podcast. Um, we've really been liking that one. So that's the first five games for my list of games I played at Tennessee Game Days this fall. After the break, we'll look at the second half of the list. Okay, this podcast doesn't have a sponsor, so I don't really need a break, but I thought I would let people know that uh, you can order a first player token coffee mug. Um, I've got a link in the show notes to where you can get that. It's just 15 bucks. Um, it, uh, it's a nice mug. I'm drinking out of it right now. 
Um, it's got the logo from the podcast on both sides of the mug. So if you're left-handed or right-handed, you can still show off the logo. Um, it doesn't say first player token. It just has the logo. So, you know, if people see it on a Zoom call. They'll maybe ask you what the symbol means. And you can tell them all about the first player token podcast. Again, see the show notes for a link to this fun little coffee mug. All right, we're back with the sixth game I played at Tennessee Game Days, fall 2023. That would be Dice City, a 2015 game from AEG. This was the 12-year-old's pick from the TGD library and his favorite new game of the weekend. And uh, after the event, I found a used copy with all the expansions for sale, so now we own it. In Dice City, everyone starts with a city consisting of 30 spaces, with various effects arranged in five rows of six spaces each. Each turn, you roll your five colored dice and place them into your city accordingly. So if your blue die rolls a three, then you put it in your blue row in the third column. That puts five dice somewhere in your city, and you'll activate those five spaces which can generate resources or points or military power. The resources you generate can be used to buy better buildings for your city from a common marketplace. I like the multiple paths to victory in this game. You can invest in new buildings that are worth points or generate points as you roll dice. You can generate a ton of resources to score big points on trade ships, or you can go all in on military, which allows you to slow down your opponents and also score some points by rounding up bandits. Emily picked that first option, uh, buildings that score points, and she won our first game at TGD. Uh, dice City is a solid dice rolling engine building game, and I'm glad that we have it in my collection now. Um, the 12-year-old and I have already played it once or twice since Tennessee Game Days. Seventh on the list is Lords of Vegas, a 2010 game by Mayfair Games, which is no longer in existence. Uh, this was my... I mean... The game company is no longer in existence. The game is out of print, um, but you can probably find a used copy if you work hard at it. Lords of Vegas was my nephew's pick from the game library, and it is right up his alley with lots of opportunities to press your luck and hope to win big. Players take on the role of casino owners in Las Vegas. You get to draw some cards, roll some dice, collect and spend Monopoly-style money, and uh, build your casino empires. Oh gosh, okay, this game. It's from 2010, and it shows... There's a lot of luck involved, and some of the mechanics seem totally extraneous to gameplay. It's full of rough edges and lasts a bit longer than it needs to, but it was really a lot of fun, especially with the 12-year-olds, my stepson and his cousin. Uh, the nephew is all about the big gamble when he plays board games. I had a commanding lead for the entire second half of the game, but uh, the nephew's big bet paid off in the last round, and he jumped ahead of me for a win. It was very exciting. Slightly disappointing for me, um, but very exciting all around. Um, there's a lot to like about this game, even if it feels a little clunky by 2023 standards. I would play it again, but I can't say that I've gone looking for a copy to add to my collection. There's apparently a reprint campaign coming to Kickstarter soon, so maybe they'll polish the gameplay a bit. Eighth on the list is After Us, a 2023 game from Pandasaurus Games. Uh, we did a first play review of this game recently. It's a game about apes inheriting the earth, and so I won't say too much here. Uh, TGD presented my first chance to play this game with my adult friends, and it was well-received, although not a huge hit. Um, After Us has a lot of heads-down solo play, and I think my crew wanted something with more player interaction. We also realized that with all the simultaneous play in this game, we could easily get out of sync with one player 
ending up a whole turn ahead of other players. So we, we quickly developed some hand signals to keep us coordinated, which was kind of entertaining. I'll add that I played this uh, game after us a couple of weeks later at my church game night with a different group of friends, and it was a total hit. They were much more into the multiplayer solitaire vibe of After Us. Ninth on the list is Dune Imperium, a 2020 game from Direwolf. Um, there is a website called Board Game Geek, which has more information about board games than any single human would ever need. The site lists thousands of games, and that list is ranked based on player reviews and other data. Dune Imperium, which is based on the Dune novels and movies, is currently ranked number seven on Board Game Geek. That's number seven out of literally thousands of games. I've been wanting to play it since it came out, and TGD gave me the chance to do so. I was not disappointed. This game is so good. Dune Imperium is what I would call a deck building plus something else game, where deck building is a central mechanism, but you're using the cards you add to your deck to do something other than just score points. Uh, we reviewed the game Clank, which is a family favorite. Um, and in that game, it's a deck builder plus something else. You're using your cards to explore a dungeon and steal treasure from a dragon before you get eaten. In Dune Imperium, there's a worker placement thing going on. You've got a couple of workers, and as you play cards, that determines where you can play your workers on the board. They go to different action spaces that do different things. There's a lot of different options for playing combos and scoring points. There's a lot of good player interaction in this game, thanks especially to the limited spaces uh, to put your workers, but also this battle system that the game has. This is not a game with rough edges. It is finely tuned and a fantastic play experience. I would definitely play again. Thanks to my friend Matt for bringing Dune Imperium and teaching us how to play. It was really fantastic. All right, that brings us to number 10. This is the last and heaviest game. It's actually the first game I played all weekend. Um, it's the last on my list. It's also the heaviest game I played all weekend. My friend Micah bought it a while back and had been wanting to get it to the table. So he started setting it up Friday morning before the rest of us even got there to make sure that we started with Excavation Earth. I'm glad he did. This was a three-hour play, I think, taking us all the way to lunch. It was a, a, a big old game. Like After Us, this game takes place after all the humans are gone from the Earth. Um, there aren't any apes around, but there are a lot of aliens poking around and excavating rare human artifacts and selling them on the interstellar art market. Each player takes on a different alien race, each with slightly different abilities. And you spend the game moving around the planet, digging up artifacts, lining up buyers for those artifacts, and selling the artifacts off. I think this was my favorite game of the weekend, even better than Dune Imperium. I knew Dune would be fantastic, but I was surprised at how engaging Excavation Earth was. It's beautiful and strategic and has just the right level of player interaction for me, with each player trying to affect the shared market for different kinds of artifacts. The game looks light and breezy, with colorful alien races and rare Earth artifacts like disco balls and snow globes, but it's seriously crunchy with a game state that's constantly changing, but not so much that you can't plan a few moves in a row. I will say we, we, we made one uh, key gameplay error when we played this game, um, and no shame on Micah, uh, this, was, this was a big game to teach to us, but uh, on our turns, we would take one action each turn um, as we went around the table. We were supposed to take two actions each turn, which um, would totally change kind of your ability to plan ahead and, 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 and combo your moves. So um, we'll have to play it again sometime using the right rules, um, but it totally worked the way we played it. Um, it just wasn't the way the game was designed. I would definitely play this game again. Uh, the next time I have three hours in a row to play a board game. 
That's it for this episode of the First Player Token Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this tour of games I played at Tennessee Game Days. The next TGD event will be the first weekend in March 2024. And if you're anywhere near Nashville, I hope you can come. I've been your host, Derek Bruff. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to play some games. So, what are these? Do you know what these are? Can you say game? Yeah. Game. Yeah. Say game. Yeah. Wow.